For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! I-O. Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I am Buckeye Bubs. That man over there is the wild man, Chris Wilds. And you are you. And we are thankful to have each and every single one of you joining us live tonight for... 13 days until the season starts, Chris, and at week zero. Week zero is this upcoming zero, Saturday. Yeah. We actually, at the end of the show, have our first predictions that we've got over-unders that we got to talk about, so at least one game anyway. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a lot of topics we've got to dive into, and, and I'm just going to throw it out here right now because I'm confident next week, Big news coming to the OHIO podcast. You're not going to want to miss who's going to be here next week. So make sure that you are live next Sunday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, right here on YouTube or on Facebook if you're watching on Facebook. Hey, if you're watching on YouTube, yes, like Larry Daniels told everyone, all of you already, hit that like button, share it. Uh, make sure you ring the bell. That really does help the, help us out with the algorithm and trying to get out there and uh, get more eyeballs fixed on the OHIO podcast. Really, do, really does help us out. It really does. So please do that right now if you're watching. Happy Sunday. Hello, Buckeye fans. Hello, Larry. Good to see you. Robert says, week zero, who's ready for football? I-O. Good to have you in, Robert. Hope you're not uh, driving somewhere crazy like you were last week in California. Hope you're uh, home and doing well, Robert. Uh, Chris, we are the official podcast, I guess you could say, of yes. Fan Sided and Scarlet and Game. Uh, go to scarletandgame.com, click it into your computer, read articles from myself, uh, Frank, other guys um, that uh, write articles about Ohio State, keep up to date on, a, on everything Ohio State, football, basketball, even some of the other sports too. Uh, check that out. We're also the official OHIO podcast or the Ohio State podcast for Big Banter Sports. That's Go to bigbantersports.com. Check that out. They've got articles and they've got 14 podcasts from 14 different Big Ten schools. You're not going to want to miss that. You can follow us on Facebook. In fact, some of you are doing so right now. Uh, Facebook.com slash The Ohio Podcast. And you can look us up on YouTube, youtube.com at The Ohio Podcast. Check us out there. And I'll obviously, obviously, some of you are watching us there. All right, Chris, here we go. 
The Block O jersey has been given out. Now, we gave predictions last year, maybe two years ago on this. We didn't talk about it this year. I think it was going to come down to one of three people. It ended up being six-year senior, former walk-on, Xavier Johnson. In the comment section below, I want to hear your comments. Did they give it the Block O jersey to the right guy? Yes or no? And why? Chris, what do you think? I love this. I absolutely think. He is the perfect guy to wear this. He represents the school and the program so well. Uh, just a completely selfless player. Does whatever's asked of him. Uh, like you said, a former walk-on. Uh, you know, just guts for days. A hard-working kid. Uh, you know, we talked a few years ago when they gave it to Haskell Garrett about how it just felt right. And, man, I just I feel like this feels right to me. Um, for everything he does for the team, this is an honor that I truly feel he deserves. Yeah, I, I, that was my pick actually. That's the guy I wanted to get it. Um, I go back to the peach bowl last year when we literally had nobody to run the football. Um, Marvin Harrison jr. Gets hurt. I mean, we've got people, uh, Cade Stover was in the hospital at that time. And, uh, and here's Xavier Johnson, right? steps in fifth year senior and has a great game had a had a big catch had a big had a big run uh was filled in filling in nicely and he's like yeah i'm coming back i'm coming back right and decides he's going to be coming back and he's awarded the blocko jersey now if you're unfamiliar with what that means the blocko jersey at ohio state is given to a player who represents uh courage and a never say die attitude and is walks a straight and narrow off the field and is for um, Bill um, Willis. Bill Willis, who was the first African-American who played at Ohio State, broke the uh, color barrier at Ohio State. He wore number ninety nine. That number is retired. And so that's who is the block <laughs> is given to in representation of even a Purdue Boilermaker says that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's pretty neat, man. There's a lot of other things about Ohio State, Dylan, that are pretty cool, including the fans. <laughs> I know he's going to disagree with me on this one. Uh, Frank says, this might be my favorite block O. He's a perfect example of determination and resilience from walk-on to Sugar Bowl uh, star. You know what? I, I kind of I agree with that, Frank. You know, the last two guys have been pretty good. Cameron Babble's another good one. I know he didn't get on the field, but man, that that moment he had where he caught the touchdown was that made a big man almost have tear up. That was that was pretty good. Xavier's another really good one. I agree with you. King Bronco, what's up, fellas? X gonna give it to y'all. Yeah, he's he. I think I think he, there's a role for him on this team. There, there's well, got to be. Who knows how many positions he'll play this year? Right, you know, right, yeah, he'll do yeah. Asked of him, you know, he, he just goes out there and gives a hundred percent. Yeah, Dylan says I know at least two fans who are cool. Yeah, they're probably not us. <laughs> There's a follow up coming somewhere yeah. there. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Ah, uh, Dylan, uh, Larry Daniels says not certain why X can't crack the starting lineup. Maybe he's one A. Know this man. His um, when his number is called, he came to play. That's a great question. Um, I mean, you're not going to put him in over Egbuka. You're not going to put him in over um, Harrison. Could he sneak in over Fleming? Maybe. I mean, Fleming plays a different position, though. He's like X is I, usually. I almost feel that he he would have more of a fit as a as a Curtis Samuel type player. Yes, yes, he's more of a slot slash. Yeah. Uh, you know, H back is what I see him as. Um, there's a role for him. He's played special teams. Yeah. He's I think he had like 14 special teams tackles. Um, he does it all. He absolutely does it all. We're not done talking about him tonight. So it seems like for the most part, based off um uh yeah, I agree. I agree, King. X is better in the slot than Fleming, maybe. I agree with that actually. Yeah. I do. I think he's more shiftier. I, he's just he's got better hips. He's a little shifty, a little smaller. 
Um, he's dangerous with football in his hands. We've seen it. He absolutely is. I think you got to at least give yourself, if you're the offensive coordinator, whether that be Ryan Day who's calling plays or Brian Hartline who's calling plays, I think you got to say, I'm going to give him at least 10 offensive plays. Doesn't mean he's going to get the football, but I think you need to put him out there. But he's going to have that opportunity. Yeah, you at least got to give him the opportunity something to see if something happens. Well, as because, we've seen, if he has the opportunity, he's going to kick the door down. So. Yeah, yeah, and he's 20, what, 23, 24 years old? He's a grown man, okay? Like, he's had six years of college football development. Uh, he's mature. He's intelligent. He's well-spoken. Um, Lenny six, says – Six years of body by Nick, this guy might be able to bench press a Buick. He might. H-back seems a little more like an urban thing. I agree. Is it though? Ryan Day called called plays with the H back. I think Ryan Day can be adaptable, man. I really do. I really do. (laughs) King Bronco X has a four (laughs) hundred (laughs) one (laughs) k. Oh yeah, Robert says problem is X and Pryor could steal snaps from each other. Potentially. But does, is that necessarily a bad thing for Pryor at the beginning of the season? No, you want to bring him in slowly. He's They are bringing him in back very, very – do not be surprised if Pryor maybe gets uh, a couple plays in the first half against Indiana, maybe a few more in the second half. I don't think he, they're going to throw him out there for an entire series. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think that that's definitely a possibility, Robert. All right, moving on. The 2023 team captains. There he is again, Xavier Johnson, the X. He is a first-time team captain. The other two are two-time team captains. Cade Stover, the tight end. Tommy Eichenberg, the linebacker. This is the first time, Chris, and I looked this up uh, yesterday. The first time since 2009. So 14 seasons since Ohio State has had three uh team captains only three they have had at least five or more every other year and just three team captains last couple years it's been like seven eight team captains only three what does that mean chris what do you all think it means let me know in the comments section i think it's a couple things eric obviously we've had some well first of all to be a team captain i think you have to prove it on and off the field and I don't know, either on the field or off the field, that maybe some of these guys haven't proved it. Now, an argument might be made for maybe a Steel Chambers to get a shot at it. But then again, you know, you look at like the guys on the offensive line. We got a young offensive line with the exception of like Matthew Jones. Even even Donovan's still young. Hey, uh, Redshirt sophomore. Sophomore, yeah. Uh, you know, we've got no established guys at the tackles, so you don't have an established quarterback as of yet. That we know uh, of. That we know of. <laughs> um, you, you know, your receivers are all underclassmen. I mean, mm, like most, Buka and Harrison are both juniors. They're juniors, but they're upperclassmen, but they're not seniors. Yeah. Um, Maybe an argument could be made for Harrison Jr. Uh, specifically, since he's the you know, you know the best player in college football. But let me say, um, let me ask, let me ask you this question: Are you surprised that Marvin Harrison Jr. or Mecca Buka or both that JTT that uh, Donovan Jackson, who are all of these guys are considered potential first round draft picks next year? None of them were named team captain. Does that surprise you at all? Not a hundred percent. I mean, really, you're not surprised maybe, by that. Like I said, Harrison, maybe. Um, I look at these guys though, and there's a reason they're not a team captain. Are they not? Are they not vocal leaders in the clubhouse? Are they not vocal leaders on the field? Maybe they. Maybe they are quiet, quiet leaders like Tommy Eichenberg. I don't know. Um, communicates and grunts. Communicates. <laughs> you know what? As long as he's getting a hundred tackles a year, I don't care if that's how he communicates. You know. Um, 
But but to me, Donovan Jackson. He appeared to be the the vocal leader on that offensive line. Now they're saying Fryer was the leader, but no, that's not what I my two eyes were telling me. Practice. This guy was not the leader. Donovan Jackson is the one who's going to get it in everybody's face on that offensive line. That's team captain like. Okay. Um, Does he do it in the right way? So that that's the question of is that team captain like? I mean, that's I I can't I can't speak to that because I haven't seen it done. So. Your, your team captains are not always your best players. We know that. No. Okay. We 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 know that. They're your but but the given the tr- given the track record uh, ever since, like I said, the end of Trestle's era, and even Trestle ha- at times had quite a few uh, during the Urban Meyer era, and so far during the Ryan Day era, there was literally, if you're at least a junior, and you're good. You're one of the better guys. You might get drafted, or there's a good potential opportunity for you to get drafted. You were going to be team captain. That is not the direction that is going. They're going this year at all. Good. Make it. Make it something special. Make it something special. I mean, uh, you look. You mentioned JTT. I look at JTT. I look at Jack Swear. I look at all these guys on the defensive line, and I say. I haven't seen the consistency on the field to justify them being a captain. I've seen great play at times, but I haven't seen consistency. Did the coach, uh, Lenny, Lenny says, did the coaches vote for these guys as captains or did the players vote them in? So the players vote for them, but then the, then the coaches decide. Yeah. So the, the players vote. They then look at the votes, the tallies, and then the coaches decide, Lenny. So the coaches looked at all the, all the, votes that came in and then they they are the ones who said we're only gonna do three they made that decision this is a this is a coach's decision thing and i think it was let me see if i can find it robert said narrow the focus and unite the team voice I, I he brings up he brings up a good question were there too many voices in the locker room when you had that many team captains too many chiefs not enough indians yeah essentially Yeah, I'm. I'm asking you. Are you? Are you agree with that? I could see that. I could see that being a potential thing. Uh, you know, and you know, you popped Frank's comment up there. Of all the people who weren't named captain, right there is the one that surprised me most with Steel Chambers, because I think he, he is a vocal leader. He's also a roommate with Steel and and Cade. They're, they're yeah. all three of those guys are roommates. Tommy and Cade, yeah. So. Um, you have one defensive guy in in uh, in Eichenberg. You have one off. You have one offensive guy in Kate Stover, and I'm calling Xavier a special teams guy. Yeah. Now he he will play offense, but I think and that's traditionally for the longest time in football, talking 80s, 90s. You know, growing up, you had three team captains. You had an offense, a defense, and a special teams guy. And 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 you know. Maybe like uh, Robert mentioned, maybe they are streamlining. Tommy Eichenberg, this is the voice of our defense. You know, Cade Stover, this is the voice of our offense. Xavier Johnson, he is the voice of our special teams who will play offense sometimes. And who knows, if we get a pinch, maybe he'll be a, line, or a defensive back. Who knows? You know, just... <laughs> Kicker. <laughs> Xavier, can you kick one? We need you. Um, I like it. I'm not yeah, going to lie. I I feel like we have had, like I feel this should be special. This should be yeah, something. It watered it down with all the people. Yes, it watered it down. It was like, oh, you're going to the NFL. You should probably be a team captain. No, the team captains were not always NFL players, man. No. And and you you know you go to the captains dinner, which is a real thing, at Ohio State. That's a great tradition that goes all the way back to I don't know, probably before Woody. I don't know. Um. But that's something that you earn, man. And I think the fact that all three of these guys, all right, check this out. All three of these guys came back. Stover and Eichenberg could have went to the NFL draft and been drafted. Now they would have probably went fourth round or maybe later. But they Eichenberg, I think, would have gone third. But yeah, they will. Yeah, probably. He probably would have been maybe late second day. But all three would have, or at least those two would have been drafted. And Xavier, 
graduated, and if I'm not mistaken, he walked. Like he yeah. he well, he graduated two years ago already, but he walked on senior day. He did. And he decided to come back. So all three of these guys made decisions to come back for the season. Do you think that played a part in this? Well, of course it did. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there, there's their their loyalty to the program is being rewarded in a sense. You know, it, but you know what? That loyalty that that's definitely not the only factor. That's the big thing. These guys had the leadership characteristics that Ryan Day or Brian Hartline or Jim Knowles uh, saw that made them valuable to the team. So I think it was a combination of things. But, yeah, I feel that them showing that loyalty and returning definitely played a factor in it. Fair enough. All right, guys, if you haven't already and you're on YouTube, please hit that thumbs up button. We really do appreciate it. It does help the algorithm gods to let the other Buckeye fans, much like yourself, know we are out here and we are live and we want you, want them to be a part of our show. We're going to take a quick early commercial break because the rest of the show, we have, we're diving into the last week of fall camp and there's a lot of news and rumors that we want to touch on, we want to talk about, we want to make sure we give ourselves plenty of time. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All right, we are back. We wetted our whistles. We're ready to rock and roll for the second part of this show, and this is the meat and potatoes, everybody. The third week of fall camp. This was the last week of fall camp. Uh, they broke from camp uh, this weekend. They had their second scrimmage. Ohio State starts school this week, so the players go back to class. And so no more fall camp. It's going to be regular practice this week. And uh, they'll begin preparation for week one, the trip to Blooming, Bloomington, Indiana, to take on the Hoosiers next week. Uh, so they have one more week of, we'll call it fall practice. Not camp, but practice. And then uh, week one preparations. They're already preparing for Indiana. Don't you worry about that. But, Chris, I know you want to talk about it. I want to talk mostly about defense today. There's a lot of good defensive nuggets I want to talk about. But I know the elephant in the room is still who's going to be QB1. You lead the discussion, my friend. First and foremost – I truly do not believe that we will see a dual quarterback system. Just don't see it. Uh, no, Brian, they have not officially named a starting quarterback to this point. Does that we that know of. That we know of. That we know of. I think that most likely it's very possible the players knew following the scrimmage. But you know what? We may hold on. We, they may hold that. Hold that little nugget just a little bit longer to keep anybody from entering that portal. Um, mm -hmm. Here's the thing. McCord's been there longer. We've heard a lot about the hype surrounding Devin Brown. Mm -hmm. This week, a lot of people uh, in the podcast media, in mainstream media, have really been hyping this idea that Devin Brown is going to be the starter um, I've even heard it mentioned, Eric, that the true freshman could start. No way. Ken Holtz, no, no way. way. First of all, 
Well, let me just put this out there. If Kleinholtz starts this season, that means they're expecting to go eight and four or worse. I'll just tell you that right now. Um, not that to say that he's not a tremendous talent. You don't start as a quarterback at Ohio State. Ryan Day's system, or as a freshman, Ryan Day's system is too complex for a freshman to come in and grasp the whole thing. Mm. Um, I just don't I, see it. Don't you think Ryan Day could dumb it down for him if, if that was the right guy, though? He could. But would he? I don't know. I haven't seen the guy make adjustments the way he should, Eric. I just haven't. I know he could. I have no doubt. Okay, let me get this no, out. Hold on. Hold on. He's made adjustments. He's just made made them not as quick as you would like. Let's go back to the uh, 20, uh, 2020 Big Ten Championship game against Northwestern. He made the yeah. adjustment. He just made it a quarter too late. But he didn't he's, have a choice. Justin Fields was on his deathbed out there trying to throw the ball. But he still made the adjustment, so don't say he didn't. He did. Okay. okay. When forced to, Ryan Day will make an adjustment. Um, here's the thing. I believe Ryan Day is a very, very intelligent person. I do. I think he is so set in his ways that he is not willing to adjust unless he's forced to. We all have things that we are comfortable doing. And when you get out of that comfort zone, you get out of your box, which he has, he, I think he struggles to do as a play caller. Would that be a fair statement? Okay. Absolutely. But to say he doesn't or he can't, I don't, I don't I agree with that statement. I said he didn't. <laughs> can't and didn't are two different things. Robert uh, brings up a good point. He did change defensive staff much quicker than Urban did. Well, again, did he really have a choice after that debacle we saw? Well, yeah, he had a choice. He could have been, like, been like, that's still my guy. But he was like, no, that's, we're going to go a different route. Kerry Combs is a great dude. He's a good defensive backs coach. Lousy defensive coordinator. I don't, Eric, we've talked about this before. I don't care how good of a dude you are. That doesn't make you a great coach. All right, so all of this is in, quarterbacks. Yeah, this is all in relation to quarterbacks. So this is – I'm kind of glad you went down this route because is his lack of making a decision up to this point a concern? Yes, because of the track record we've seen. It is. It absolutely is. Um, here's the thing. I think most people feel Kyle McCord should get the get the nod, at least initially. I, I think a lot of a lot of your fans feel that way. For two reasons. One, he's been in the program longer, too. I'm not seeing I'm not seeing that on Twitter. He's got a relationship with Marvin Harrison. Yes. I think that is why people assume that. Um, I think, uh, and we've talked about this, Eric, that given the state of our tackles, we're going to need somebody who's athletic in there, possibly. However. Yeah, we've talked about that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, you know, the fact that we haven't decided on a direction, because granted, I think skill sets are similar in ways. They're also different ways. And you've got a game less than two weeks away that you've got to plan for. You need to be able to plan for the guy you're going to put in there. So to, to me, it's a little bit concerning. Now, thankfully, it's against Indiana, who's, you know, as we know, a god-awful team. So there is some room. Some room to, I, I hate this, this word, especially given what we saw at the tackle position, but there is some room to test things out. Oh my gosh. No. But you cannot <laughs> you cannot go into week one without a definitive starter, a definitive leader of that offense. I can't believe you went there. I can't I'm believe you went there. And, no. I, I no. Think, well, here's the thing, Eric. I think if you do start McCord, 
and we see that either he or the offensive line is not performing up to snuff, you've got to have a very short leash. A very short leash. And that does nothing though for confidence for either guy. It, it does not do anything for So confidence. why why are you setting yourself up for failure to begin with? Pick somebody, throw your 100% confidence okay. behind them and say this is my guy, let's go. You the fact that he hasn't made this decision is not necessarily a bad thing yet because he wants to make the right one, which means Donovan or Donovan, Devin Brown has performed well enough to cause him to hesitate because I think Ryan Day wanted to pull the trigger on McCord a long time ago. Or, or they've been both been completely average. McCord was handpicked by Ryan Day over J.J. McCarthy. Do not forget that. J.J. McCarthy wanted to be a Buckeye. All you TTUN fans who watch this and or want to argue with me, look it up. He wanted to be a Buckeye, and Ryan Day chose McCord over J.J. McCarthy. I think there's a little bit of a prideful thing that says if I go with Brown over McCord, that means I made the wrong decision in picking McCord over McCarthy three years ago in the recruiting battle. And no one's talked about this. No one's brought it up. So there, that that's a real thing, Chris. A real thing. It uh, uh, going with Brown means I failed. I failed to choose the wrong guy, and I didn't develop him. Yeah, that's facts. That's exactly what it means. But if Brown comes out and plays lights out, then who cares? <laughs> and speaking of lights out, it appears we've lost Eric. So uh, why don't you go ahead and give us your thoughts in the comments? I don't know that I'll be able to. There, he's back. I got too excited. Something happened there. I thought you said something that was going to get us kicked off Twitter and they blacked us out. Oh, you, YouTube. Back. YouTube. Yeah, YouTube might have been like, hey, Boggs is getting too excited. Let's let's take this but, up. Uh, here's the thing, Eric. You know what? Sometimes he's just got to suck it up and say if he was wrong. He doesn't have to say anything if Brown goes out there and performs well. Yeah, you're right. Then he doesn't have to say anything. But I think that they're... Is Brown going to get that opportunity, or is Day's pride going to get in the way? You just said this is a pride thing. Hey, so, Donald, let me let me, let me me respond to your comment, Donald. Is it smoke and mirrors at this point? I don't think so. I don't think it is either. I really I don't think, think so. They're both really good, or they're both very average. Now, there, there could be a very uh, real scenario right now where... He knows who he ha- – coming out of Saturday with the, the scrimmage, he, he knows who the starter is going to be come tomorrow moving forward in practice. But that doesn't mean that he's going to announce that publicly because he doesn't – I don't think he – I don't think he sees the media again until Wednesday. I think Wednesday is the next right. day he answers to the media. I, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a starter named on Wednesday, which means he probably names him – tomorrow in practice moving forward. If he doesn't name a starter on Wednesday and he still doesn't know, what does that mean, Chris? Well, it means one of two things, Eric. It means, A, we're in a lot of trouble, and or B, and this is more likely, he's afraid one of them's going to jump in the portal. It's late, but you know what? Top-tier quarterbacks, if that's what they really are, are hard to come by. We don't know because he hasn't told us who the starter is yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Alex says, when do the call? When do call-ins start? Yes, the third. So the the day after in the Indiana game was when we will have our first call-in show. Thanks for asking, Alex. By the way, welcome back. Good to see you again. Uh, and then this is uh, young Artie. Uh, a, a new one for us here on the OHIO podcast. Haven't seen Young uh, comment before. Welcome in. Good, good to have you. If Kyle McCord doesn't win the job, does he transfer? Everybody's going to tell you yes, but the answer is no. I don't believe so. And and here's the one thing that we haven't talked about, Chris, that, that this comment or question brings up. How does Ryan Day announce to the players privately? I'm going to need you both. And I think we will. 
Because let's be honest, the offensive line is. Now, now here's where I disagree with you. I, I truly believe that whichever one doesn't get it, whether it's this season or next, enters the transfer portal. And this is why. If you don't get the, the job this season, you've got Kleinholtz coming in there next year with a year under his belt, and you've got a very, high, very highly touted Aaron Nolan coming in. Mm-hmm. Who looked awesome. Awesome on TV the other night. Yeah. Uh, Lenny, uh, the portal is not closed. You can yeah. jump in, but it doesn't mean you can jump out yet. Correct. So you can leave any time and announce that you're going to the portal. Um, so that that is you a possibility. School at this point. Mm-hmm. Alex, yeah. So Alex brings up what I, you know, Zach Smith, former former wide receiver Zach Smith, said on on his show that Brown is the man. If Day says McCord, then he has lost his mind. Zach said his guys, coaches said Brown looked like a Heisman and McCord threw intercept. I've heard that. Um, is is there is there something to that, Alex? Maybe um, I tend to know. I tend to believe that um, Zach does have a little bit more of an insight than say what Chris and I do. He did coach at Ohio State. He does know some of those guys over there at the Woody Hayes, but that doesn't mean that they're going to tell him everything. Um, I have heard that McCord looked bad in the scrimmage two weeks ago. That he did not look good at all. I have heard that. Um, and remember, I went into that thinking if McCord played well in that scrimmage, he was going to be named the starter, and it didn't happen. Right. It didn't happen. Um, uh, Alex says Ken Holtz is much better than Air. Ooh. We shall see. That's going to be another quarterback battle down the road probably. Yeah. It probably will. Uh, if if Air decides that he's going to re- keep his commitment to Ohio State. That's what's crazy about recruiting now, guys, is you when someone commits, it's so easy for them to decommit and go somewhere else. It's it's crazy. Recruiting's crazy, but um I, I, Alex Alex obviously has uh, a lot of trust in Zach Smith. Zach won't lie. <laughs> uh so uh, we're not going to badmouth Zach uh, on this program, uh, so uh, I'm not going. I'm not going to say that's not true. But I will say this: that if if I'm going, if where I get most of the guys who I listen to, most of the insight, I think Doug Le Maurice is probably one of the best beat writers that I listen to. He's very insightful. Um, I know that he gets a lot of interviews behind the scenes that a lot of the media members do not because he's been there the longest. So I, he's one of those guys who I, I like to listen to myself. Um, yeah, you're right, Zach. He is the, he is the grandson of Earl Bruce. Yep. He absolutely is. Yep. <laughs> Alex's writers blow. <laughs> some of them do. Yes, I agree. And I will not name them, <laughs> but some of them are pretty bad. Timothy Parks is in. He said, go Ohio State. Nice to have you, Timothy. Welcome to uh, the OHIO podcast. A lot of new guys have been jumping on here. Give us a thumbs up, guys, as we continue the conversation. One more offensive uh, nugget that we need to talk about, and that is the flip-flopping of the tackles on the offensive line. So, Fryer did not look good at left tackle. I told you, my eyeballs told him, told you all he didn't. He didn't look good in spring. He didn't look good in practice. And the coaches saw the same thing that I saw and everybody else saw. Uh, he was getting getting absolutely hammered uh, by the defensive line. They flip him the right tackle, which I think is the right move because when he came in last year off the bench. He spelled Dewan Jones at right tackle, and he played well. Yeah, I think he's much more comfortable at right tackle. They move Josh Simmons. Uh, what else? Or the J- Jimmy? Who knows at this point? What I've, I've heard mixed reviews on what he wants to be called. Jimmy Josh Simmons to left tackle, and he's the more athletic, so it makes sense. But he's never played left tackle before. So when the coaches said we're, you know, we're actually experimenting, I think that's what they meant. We're experimenting at left tackle because he's not played there before. Um, but I've heard he's looked pretty good. He is, he is much more athletic with his footwork 
than what Fryer was. Alex agrees. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy's at left is good. Um, I think that that's the better move. So I actually like this move of flipping the tackles heading into the season, Chris. Your thoughts? I, I agree, Eric. Here's the question, and I don't know what you've heard, but I have heard that young Luke Montgomery is still pushing Josh Fryer, though. Yeah. And, you, you know, are we still as frightened as we have been going into the season that Luke Montgomery could end up starting? He might. There's a there's a world where either, you know, Fryer goes down with an injury or he just – or he just – he's not as good. And he gets outperformed by Luke as a, as a true freshman. Uh, yeah, I noticed that too. You, Chris brought that up the exact same time you, you wrote that in, Alex. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean – Everybody, the we just got done recording uh, our Ohio State yeah. season preview with us, the Scarlet and Great guys. Yeah, and they said the same thing you and I said. Uh, starting a freshman not named Orlando Pace. Orlando Pace tells you something went wrong on the offensive line. It just does. Luke might be great, man, and I think right. he. I believe Ryan Day. And when he says he's got a he's got a bright future ahead of him, he's going to be a great football player at Ohio State and beyond. But as a freshman, if the future's now, I'm concerned. I am concerned as well. Yeah, but I am happy with this change that they've made. Yeah, I am feeling I am feeling better about the offensive line. All right, let's talk defense. We've 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 talked offense and we've talked about the offensive line and the quarterbacks for three weeks straight. Let's talk about the defense, man. I am. I cannot wait, cannot wait for Ohio State to unleash the defensive line on Indiana. I am more excited about this. This is the most excitement I have had about a defense since uh, the Predator was out there in 2019 wreaking havoc on defenses. And Jeffrey Okuda was out there on the outside uh, on an island shutting down half the field uh, on de- on offenses. This defensive line is deep. They are talented. And don't be surprised if, if the rotation, there is no drop-off from one to two. No. Um, go ahead, Chris. I don't know what you were going to say. No, no, we, we saw that in the spring game, Eric. Yeah. He's got um, awesome. I've got JT and Sawyer penciled in as starters on the outside, but can I'm hearing Kenyatta Jackson is the real deal, and that he's basically going to be rotating in with those guys. And how I don't know how you can keep Caden Curry off the field too. I don't think he gets as many snaps as those three, but the dude's got a motor, man. He absolutely has a motor. I want to see him bring back the Rushman package. We haven't seen that. Uh, 2019 was the last time we saw that. The Rushman package it, when they on third down when they basically bring in four the the four best defensive linemen to who can get to the quarterback regardless of whether they are ends or tackles, and and they let's say go get the quarterback, go yeah, sack them. I, I could see that. I could see them, uh, you know, possibly dropping JTT down to to tackle and letting uh, Kenyatta Jackson, Jack Sawyer, Mike Hall, and and JT uh, JT Tumalu just go to town. Yeah, we're deep. We're deep at tackle too. I, yeah. I just I just mentioned the four names on my that you know in my mind on the defensive end that I've been hearing a lot about. But man, let's talk. Junior, let, you know, get him off the snap count. And this guy yeah, said, yeah. Ty, Ty Hamilton is developed just like his brother did. All right, who's the starting defensive tackle for Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you've got Tyleek Williams, who flashed as a freshman, who's a junior now. You got Michael Hall Jr., who last year as a redshirt freshman was dominant when he played. You got Jaden McKenzie, uh, who looks like an absolute beast as well. Um, those are four defensive tackles. Who am I missing? Hero Canoe. I mean, he's a tower of a human being. Funny, Eric, is I heard, uh, I heard uh, on the fan this week. I heard him talking about. Uh, he, um, yeah. Tywon Malone. I forgot about the transfer from uh, Ole Miss. Tywon Malone. He might even start. He might be the starter. 
but but I heard him talking about Mike Hall Jr. And and Bobby Carpenter was talking about his sack to snap ratio. And that if he got in, uh, you know, just a moderate number of snaps this year, his, his snap, based on that ratio from last year, he'd have like 47 sacks this year. Oh, my gosh. Could <laughs> Which, you even imagine? Yeah, that's not even possible. But, you know, it's not. <laughs> but, but just that that's amazing to hear something like that. You know, it's yeah, really you know, I, how productive he was when he was in the game. That's so was. my step nephew, uh, Connor Dutton, plays for the local high school here, Delaware Hayes. He is being recruited small Division two, and, and I think I think he'll end up getting a small D one scholarship. Um, he dominated the game Friday night. He had four sacks, I think, four or five sacks, seven TFLs. He was living in the backfield. A good defensive lineman wrecks football games. And they these guys do. That is what Michael Hall Jr. Chase Young, Joey Bosa, Nick, but they wrecked football games. JTT did it last year against Penn State. He wrecked that game. If we can get that, it doesn't have to be the same guy, but if you can get that on a consistent weekly basis where a lineman or a couple linemen are dominating the football game up front, it makes the rest of the defense's job so much easier. I think this defensive line is good enough. It's not inconceivable that we could see three guys have eight or more sacks. You mean at the end of the year? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I maybe even more than that. Double digit sack guys. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it's been a long time since we've had someone that dominant. And there there's a there is a group of guys who can be that dominant. And the thing is, we don't have one Chase Young, but we've got guys by committee out there. And it maybe it's better if the same guy doesn't do it every week. Right, because who are you gonna because who are you gonna who are you gonna guard? Exactly. Exactly. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. By the end of the year, if you remember, Chase was getting triple teamed and the rest of the defensive line didn't really step up. And we just we just haven't had a game record like that. Now let's go to the linebackers. I'm gonna make a statement. Tell me if you think I'm right or wrong in the comment section, okay? I want all of you to tell me if you think I'm wrong. I think this is the best linebacker room we have had since Jim Tressel was coach. Are we talking the A.J. Carpenter, Schlegel-type room? Yeah, or when when Laurinaitis was here. Name me a better room during the Urban Meyer era at linebacker. I can't. I mean, we had Shazier. I know the 2014 room was good. Okay, I it was good, but I think this room's better. I do. I do too, because you've got two guys on that that linebacking crew who I think get are capable of getting 100 tackles this year. I think we've got 200 tackle guys this year at linebacker in Steel Chambers or and Tommy Eichenberg. Where was Steel at last year? He was in ta- in the, total he tackles. Was he was 80s. close. He was close. 80s. You keep talking. Let me look that up real fast. Yeah, I think he was like 88 or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. He may have busted the 90s. But I, thought he was I know. Uh, 77. Okay. You had you had I the double digits, double digits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he, if you recall, he came in in 2021 and saved that room. Yes, he did. Because he, he flipped over from running back to linebackers. We had nobody. And Eichenberg hadn't um, – Eichenberg hadn't stepped up yet. He hadn't developed yet. I really think that this defensive scheme that Jim Knowles has fits Eichenberg's game oh, to a T. Oh, Just he plays so he free. Be that Chris Spielman type linebacker that just goes out there, plays all over the place, and gobbles up people. Frank brings up a good point. If they let Hicks play, I'll agree. How about C.J. Hicks is probably not a starter, but that's how good they are. I think C.J. Hicks is going to have a great year. I think he gets a lot of playing time. He may not be a starter. I think he he fills in at times at one of the two key positions. I also think he gets time to jack. Yeah. Well, if well, there is a jack, if Larry if, Johnson and, and Jim Knowles can get along long enough for there to be a jack position. That's such a it's such an interesting dynamic, isn't it? What's going on with that position between Jim Knowles and, and I don't coach Larry that. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was his that was his comment. I don't coach yeah. that. 
That's kind of frightening to me, Eric. That that sounds like a okay. Ascension among the ranks there. Yeah, which I don't care. They can butt heads all they want as long as we get the results on the field. Yeah. Then who cares, right? Um. So, yeah, I'm I'm very bullish on this linebacking room. I know that we play usually two linebackers. There will be time. About Cody Simon, who's looked great through the spring, yeah. and then yeah, uh, yeah. So there's there's a lot of room in my opinion, for this linebacking uh, group to have a type of um, type of year that is just incredible. And, yeah, Lenny says, seems like Cody Simon has gotten a couple shout-outs, too. Yeah, he has. So you're right. You and Chris, again, right on the same page there, Lenny. That brings us to the defensive backfield, which has been, I would say, the thorn in Ryan Day's side when it comes to the defenses for the most part since 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, the defensive backfield was the weakness. Now, you know, your defensive line and your defensive backs go hand in hand. Yes. If one plays well, it really helps out the other one and vice versa. If the defensive line's not getting home, but the defensive backfield is locking down those receivers, then obviously eventually those linemen are going to get home. You can't hold on to the football forever, right? Yeah. So let's talk about corner first. Denzel Burke has had a great offseason and a great spring. I told you, Chris, the practice I went to, he had a pick six. I saw another clip where he had another interception. And I know in in fall camp that can be deceiving because the defense might jump the routes because they know the play that the offense is running because they see it every single day. They know the call. They get in a rhythm, things of that nature. However, these were things that he was not doing last year as a sophomore. He had a great freshman year, burst onto the scene, and then last year he had a sophomore slump. It is good to hear Denzel Burke is back to being a dominant quarterback. Yeah, and from what I've heard, Eric, um, and I don't know whether you mentioned it to me or someone else did, uh, I've heard rumors that this guy is actually blanketing Marvin Harrison Jr. For the most part. Limiting limiting his production. And if you can do that to the guy who I think is the greatest player in college football right now. Yeah. Uh, you can you can cover anybody. If you can cover Marvin Harrison Jr., you can cover anyone. Um, there was that one clip where uh, Harrison Jr. stutter stepped off the line and kind of made Denzel stumble, and he kind of turned his turned around, and gave up on the play. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. And a lot of people were hard on Denzel for that. Oh, here we go again. Get you know, and it was one play, guys. Like, okay, come on. Like for the most part, if the all the coaches have been raving about his off season and how well he's looked yeah. in fall camp, and those coaches aren't going to blow a bunch of smoke up someone. I'm going to blow a bunch of smoke up our butts like that if he wasn't performing well. Um, yeah, Walton made it happen. So Alex is really high on Walton, Coach Walton, the cornerbacks coach. Um, on the other side of the field, uh, you got Davison Igbenosen, who's looked really good. Um, he is a physical guy. I think Jordan Hancock's the other guy yeah. who is going to get some play. I think those are your three cornerbacks. I think they rotate them. Um, but I love Igbenosen's physicality, man. He just – he is a bulldog. When, when I saw him in practice, man, he absolutely will not back down. He doesn't care who you are. He's going to hit you too. He's going to hit you hard. Um, He's not a Dion corner. No, 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 no. He, he welcomes – he welcomes that, man. He wants to absolutely take your head off. There will be a time this year – Mark it down. He will, he's going to get a targeting call because he absolutely loves contact. And the Big Ten, the Big Ten officials are not like the SEC where they let everything go. Nope. They're going to flag him on that. But I, it's okay, I'm okay with that as long as it's not in a bad situation. Yeah, if, you know, if you're if you get a penalty because you're playing aggressive, but it's it's a controlled aggression. I'm okay with that. Uh, you know, and I love that. When was the last time we had corners that could be physical and play a bump and run style of game? God, it's been a while. We thought Seven Banks was going to be that guy. 
Yeah, but he, he disappeared. He didn't really. Yeah. Um, so I I am all for the, what we're going to see in Igbenosin, and I I I just feel like he's going to be great. I think our corners are going to be really good this year. Um, safety. Here's the thing. Frank brings it up. Um, it's uh, Sonny Styles. I thought Frank thought Frank brought it up there. Did he? Yes, let yeah, Styles yeah. loose. You've got to find a place for Sonny Styles. You have to. Now, it, where is he going to be? Is he going to be a true safety? Is he going to be at that slot? Uh, I mean, know? I'm here in the slot because of. I his... almost would rather see him, you know, back there playing center field and getting there to being able to come up and attack the run and, you know. He's big. He's got kind of a, yeah. a lanky linebacker body. I think that's why they're thinking if we put him up near the line of scrimmage in the slot as the corner safety, you know, we, we get him on the field. Um, they're definitely, I'm telling you straight up right now, they're definitely playing Lathan Ransom. And they should. Uh, he's, he's done well, and, and he's earned that. Other than the slip and fall, come on, yeah. guys. He was one of the better tacklers on the team. He was very consistent last year up until the last couple games. He had some bad plays. He took a bad angle against the team up north. All right. Yes, he took a bad angle there where they scored one of the long touchdowns, and he slipped and fell against Georgia. I know that. But for the most part, he was probably one of, if not our best tackler on the team last year. And if you recall, uh, last year, he did not start the season. Proctor started the season, yeah. got burnt on the first first play of the game, got yanked, in comes Ransom, and he never he nearly never left the field after that. So I think he's gonna be another safety that's on this field. Now after that, I think it has been an open competition. Do you, do you think Carter gets it? The transfer? Jihad Carter? Yeah, he, he, he's looked good. I think they're definitely going to get him on the field. I think Proctor's going to get on the field too. He's a fifth-year senior. Yeah. Well, and this I, is the thing, you know, Eric. We have so much depth this year on defense. We do across the across the entire defense. We've got four viable guys, I think, at corner. Definitely three, but I think four viable guys at corner. We have a very deep safety room. Our linebackers, yes, it might be a step down if you lose Tommy or Steele, but. You know, you've got great guys in there in the waiting. And then we talked about the defensive line. I mean, this is a team that really maybe it's not a one A and one B, but you've got the first team and a second team that's right there on their heels ready to go. Yeah. We have a lot of great depth on this team, which is something that I think we've missed. Hopefully we just have a great new aggression to go with it. Yeah. All right. Um, that's what I'm hearing on defense, guys. Um, super excited about this defense. Yeah, I think that there's a very good opportunity. as Top five defense, that's what Chris is saying. I think there's a very good opportunity they could be. I think – I think I, I was I was telling everybody, I said, call me crazy. I believed then, at the early, early part of the offseason, I believe it now, Ohio State can win a couple games this year because of their defense. They might have to. I'll, I'll tell you right now. If we get any kind of play out of our tackles at all, and we have a top five defense, this is a national championship team. All right, let's go here. Believe it or not, Chris, when we convene next Sunday, this game right here will have already been played. College football. College football is back. And this might be the last year where week zero is kind of like, because I'm pretty sure the Big Ten wants to do a week zero for everybody next year. And then you have two bye weeks throughout the season, which is what Notre Dame's going to get this year and Navy is extra bye weeks. Um, and, and given the, the, the fact that everybody's playing a much harder schedule starting next year as well with the addition of those four uh, Pacific West Coast teams, uh, you're gonna, we're going to need it. We're going to need an extra week of, of – of, um, of rest. So, Chris, we are notoriously bad at picking games sometimes during the season. 
Sometimes usually one of us will go on a roll and have a have a good week or two and then and then it goes but we're gonna try our hand at it again. I'm usually pretty good at the regular season and then it goes to hot in the so, playoffs. So here's what we're gonna do. Chris, are you betting on this game? Most likely. <laughs> okay. Here's what we're gonna do, Chris. We're going to go ahead and make the bets against the spread, you and I. Not against each other, but just against the spread. I'm going to put five bucks on the game, okay? Uh, to put a little skin in the game to make it fun. So it, that way next week we can people can either laugh at us or or, uh, or pat us on the backs. But this week, Navy takes on number 13-ranked Notre Dame overseas in Ireland, okay? Uh, and the spread is 20.5, so in favor of Notre Dame. So negative 20.5 for Notre Dame. The over-under there. So, what you going with? Who you going with and why? Uh, you know, I think that we're going to see a much improved Notre Dame team this year uh, in, in uh, Freeman's second season, and it hurts me to say that. Um, that being said, 20 and a half, that's a lot of points, Eric. It's a lot of points. Uh, and you know what? Our military academy boys, they got a lot of fight in them. They like to muck it up, don't they? So this is what I'm going to say. Notre Dame may win the game, but take Navy with the points. Oh, okay. All right. I thought you were going to go over there when you started talking about the Irish and, and everything. Um, I think this is – this spread is – the half makes it interesting because I could yeah, see Notre Dame win. Three touchdowns. Yes, I can see Notre Dame winning, getting out in the lead, and then Navy doesn't. Ha- Navy plays slow. The, the the clocks get sucked out. Notre Dame doesn't really put them away, but they run the clock out and win by 13, yeah. 17 points. I'm taking the under as well. I think Notre Dame wins, but I'm taking the under. So I'm with you, Chris. We both say take the under. If any of you are putting any skin in the game this upcoming week when the Irish take on the midshipmen, let us know in the comments. Are you taking the over or the under on the Irish at 20 and a half? Let us know as we close out the show. If you haven't already and you're watching on YouTube, please hit the thumbs up button. We really do appreciate that. We need to get more people in here as we get into the season. As Alex made a comment earlier, um, we are going to go to um, we are going to go to call-in shows on the third. So the second half of the show, after we have our we pick our Buckeye Leafs for offense and defensive MVP plays, offensive play of the game, defensive hitter play of the game, uh, all of those things that we always do when we give our initial reactions. We spend about 20, 25 minutes on that. The whole second part of the show will be your opportunity to call in and react to the game. Let us know what you think. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree? What did you see? What did you like? What didn't you like uh, about that game? That starts on the third in two weeks. And don't forget, next weekend, we have someone very special going to be on the show with us, keeping our fingers crossed. Last time I did this, something that didn't happen. But I'm pretty confident this time that someone big is going to be here next week for the show. Chris, any last second thoughts? I am just so pumped that we're heading into week zero, Eric. I need college football. I don't know (laughs) if everyone is as pained by this as I am, but it has been 1,359 days now since Ohio State last beat that team up north. I want it, I need it, and it all starts this week. Beautiful. I mean, granted, maybe not for us, but it all starts yes. this week. If you're going to be checking out our previews this week, this Tuesday, it's that Team Up North preview. We actually got on with Victor's Nation from the Big Banter, a sister podcast from the Team Up North. Did two podcasts with them, one for us, one for them. The one for them already posted. I'll throw that link in to, uh, for everybody. They can go in and watch that. To, I'll throw that link in our socials uh, tomorrow. Also, uh, Thursday is the uh, Scarlet and Great guys were with us, Corey and Johnny, and uh, and we talked Buckeyes. And that preview is coming out on Thursday. Hopefully by Thursday, Chris, 
we will know who the starting quarterback is at Ohio State. So, yeah, we better. Again, hit the like, share, subscribe, all of that. Ring the bell so you get notified. We appreciate every single person who participated in the chat. Another another great week of chats. Pat yourself on the back, everybody. Good job great making this show. Names. Yeah, great. great names. Yep, really appreciate that. Come back 8 o'clock Eastern every Sunday night. Check out what we have on YouTube during the week. We have Sometimes we have different videos and new stuff, so check that out. We will be back next week at 8 o'clock. Be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH. Sing Carmen High with all your heart. Until next time, OH. I owe. Go Bucks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.